Join Sarah Weiss in the infinite field of energetic aliveness and heart-centered wisdom. This is the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. Welcome to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. I'm Sarah Weiss, your host, and we are going to be speaking with Anisha Dervey today. Anisha is an old friend. She's living in Florida now, but she used to be here in Cleveland, and she was an acupuncturist at university hospitals and an Ayurvedic teacher and practitioner. And so we've known each other for a long time, being in the same community, and I'm so happy to introduce you to her. Anisha is a very strong, grounded, masterful teacher and practitioner. And she's an author, an activist on behalf of women, and a mystic, and she calls herself a spiritual warrior dedicated to empowering women who are trauma survivors. Her specialty at this point is Marma, or Ayurvedic energy points. And she has created a school and a series of webinars to teach people about Marma, which is working with energy points as portals to the soul of healing in your being. So today, Anisha is going to describe for us her path to becoming a holistic practitioner. And at the end of the interview, she is going to take us through a 10-minute meditation on a marma point that will really give you a deep experience of her work. And also in the links in the podcast notes, she offers some very generous teachings and guided meditations based on the marma work that she does. So help me welcome Anisha Dervey. Hello, my dear friend, Anisha. Welcome to the Earth Love Spirit podcast. Thank you, Sarah. I'm so happy to be here. I love your community. Thank you. And our community is so tuned in to the frequencies that we bring through on this podcast. And today you're going to have a beautiful experience with Anisha. I'm already, I've already got energy running through my being, just being with her, her for a few moments here. Uh, that's really beautiful. So I love that Anisha is, she's a mystic, an activist, a spiritual warrior, an author, and an acupuncturist, and has started her own school and does amazing things in this world. She's a very powerful, beautiful woman. And today we're going to learn about how she got to this place and what she's doing today with her school. And we're just going to cover a bunch of topics. And at the end, I mean, please wait for this, we'll have about a 10-minute meditation based on the Marma points that is her specialty. So hold on to the end, and you'll have a beautiful treat. So Anisha, uh, why don't we start out describing what you are currently doing, and then we'll back up to how you got there. How's that? Sure. So I am an integrative medicine practitioner that really integrates many different modalities. So I'm trained as a doctor of oriental medicine or an acupuncturist, um, an Ayurvedic wellness practitioner, yoga instructor, meditation instructor, 
And I really like bringing all of these different modalities together into um, my own kind of unique healing style. And so when people work with you, uh, given you're in Florida, I'm in Cleveland, we're connecting, you know, through the airwaves. And, and by the way, Anisha used to be here in Cleveland and run an acupuncture clinic out of university hospitals. Um, how do you work with people? Are you working with them remotely now or how are you doing that? I do a little bit of both. So I do have a clinic here locally in Fort Lauderdale where I work um, based in a spa. Um, but I do also work virtually in terms of uh, Ayurvedic wellness consultations. I can do um, on, on Zoom or virtually. Um, I've been doing pranic healing sessions for people with guided meditation virtually as well since COVID has started just to be able to reach people in that way. Oh, let's, let's expand on that a little bit. Um, when you talk about pranic healing, uh, what is it that you are doing during that kind of session? So I want to say that as if I backtrack a little bit as a, um, my first kind of introduction to healing when I was 17 was doing a level one Reiki training. But there was something about that. I knew I was drawn to the energy work, but there was something about it where I felt like I really wanted to go deeper. And then when I was 18, I met my Qigong teacher. So Reiki is the healing system from Japan. Qigong is the energy healing system from China. And so I started with the Qigong practice, really understanding how energy flowed along meridian pathways. And that's what kind of catapulted me into wanting to go to acupuncture school because I wanted to then learn those pathways. And so pranic healing is the term that we use in India for essentially all of these Reiki, Qigong, pranic healing is just learning how to work with energy. Every system has its kind of own techniques, but energy is energy, right? Regardless of where you're from or how we want to, to label it. So um, the past year with COVID, as I've been working with people virtually with the pranic healing, I've kind of described it as remote acupuncture in a way where I imagine the acupoints that I would be stimulating on someone in a treatment. And I will visualize that those points are being stimulated. But for the client, I will walk them through a guided meditation through each and every point or whichever pathway I'm activating. So they get to have that inner experience within them. Um, that's not exactly the same as being on a treatment table in front of me with the needles in, but you get a very deep experience through that meditation and through the breath work and working on that energy healing from a distance. Well, it sounds like it would be very empowering because if you're guiding me to experience the points and flow within myself, I'm actually learning something and having a direct experience that empowers me rather than feeling like someone's doing something to me. Absolutely. It's been really empowering. And I've also been recording those sessions for clients. So they kind of get their own recorded guided meditation afterwards to listen to. So that's been kind of a new feature which has been really nice and I've gotten great feedback from clients with that. I am so glad that you've introduced that into your practice. 
Yeah, it's been wonderful. I think COVID has made us all rethink things in new ways of how to do things differently. That's so wonderful. So tell us a little bit more about all the various trainings that you have gone through to bring you where you are today. I know being an Ayurvedic practitioner, acupuncturist, you've done so many, you've mastered so many approaches to healing. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I've always been drawn to Eastern wisdom, Eastern philosophy, um, Eastern systems of healing. So I've kind of always known at a young age that my destiny or my path was to practice medicine. But when I was young, I didn't really know, besides a typical MD, I didn't know what other options were out there. So it wasn't until I got to college that I actually apprenticed with an acupuncturist. And spending time in her clinic, I was just kind of blown away to see the diversity of people who would come into her office that they would spend an hour with her and they would visibly look different from the time they walked in to the time they walked out, you know, and it just felt like there was magic in the air. And I was so impressed with the results that she, that she had. And then at one point she asked me if I wanted to experience acupuncture myself. I was a little hesitant because I didn't like needles, but I said, okay, this is part of the training and the apprenticeship. Um, and it was that first treatment that was so life-changing and it's hard to describe and put this into words but i was given this vision during the treatment where i could see and glimpse my my inner self and glimpse my energetic body and i had never ever had an experience this powerful but i essentially could see the energy flowing through my whole body along these energy pathways and it was just this like scintillating blue healing light traveling up and down through all of these energy channels and it was so profound and so beautiful and i felt like that experience was a gift to see my true self and i knew right away that this was my destiny that this is what i wanted to do i wanted to be able to give other people that gift of seeing the beauty of their their true self hmm. Oh, that's so touching. I'm, I'm very touched by that. Uh, and so you actually went into um, a practicum with acupuncture without actually having had acupuncture? Um, it wasn't a practicum. Oh. It was actually a, a class in college that we could design our own self-study. So I designed it on on integrative medicine and I picked five modalities and I went and interviewed these practitioners. I spent time in their clinics. I researched their modalities. So the acupuncture piece was one of those pieces that I was really fascinated by. And it was having that first treatment that, you know, set me on my path and, and I knew that's what I was supposed to do. And then I kind of came to Ayurveda a little bit afterwards because once I moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico, um, this is back in 1997, uh, to start acupuncture school, I felt a little disillusioned in school because I felt that the spirit of the medicine was kind of missing and every teacher had their own opinion, their own techniques, and it wasn't really cohesive. And so um, my second month, into acupuncture school, I went and visited the Ayurvedic Institute, which was in Albuquerque, and met 
Dr. Vasant Lad, who's kind of the pioneer for really spreading Ayurveda here in the West and created one of the oldest schools. And when I met him, that was also life-changing. I just knew that he was my teacher, that I couldn't imagine not studying and embracing Ayurveda. And it felt like everything that was missing in acupuncture school with the spirit of the medicine was fully present in Dr. Lod's school and his teaching because he blended in medicine and science with spirituality, with um, just understanding how all of this goes together. And for anyone in your audience who's listening, who's unfamiliar with Ayurveda, it's all about diet, lifestyle. Yoga is the sister science of Ayurveda. And essentially, it's, it's a science of how to live intelligently. And I was like, who, who wouldn't want to know about this? Why aren't we shouting this from the rooftops? You know, everyone should learn how to live intelligently. Of course we should. And so let me ask you this. Um, in your family, is there a, a lineage or a tradition that leads you back to these Eastern studies? That's a great question. I did have a aunt, my father's sister, who was an Ayurvedic practitioner. Um, but what's so interesting is my father, who is a trained Western medical doctor, um, his generation that immigrated to America back in the 1970s came here because of Western medicine to really advance their trainings. So while I had an aunt who was really embracing this Eastern medical lineage, my father took the opposite, um, opposite path. And so it was an interesting for me growing up uh, with my father's beliefs and opinions about medicine and thinking this is, this is the way of the future versus my roots of really feeling that there's so much wisdom in these ancient teachings and, and traditions that I was really drawn to. And so from your relations back in India, have you received any teaching or energetic transmission that you feel from that frequency, that land? I would say I've received a lot of transmission, I feel, from studying with my guru, Dr. Lod, who I've studied with him in his school here in New Mexico, but also studied with him in India. And being able to spend time studying with him there directly on the land, the vibration of India is so powerful. And just being able to see that you can feel wisdom flowing in these teachings and you can see when it's practiced authentically um, in India, how enriching it, it can be. And when we bring it here, there's a little bit that is lost. Like for example, we can't get all of the herbal medicine can't be imported here into the West. Um, so there's definitely restrictions, limitations with the practice here. Mm. So you found yourself being exposed to the entire bandwidth of healing, I guess you could say, um, from your experience growing up and from your heritage. That's really interesting to be the one who brings that all together and integrates it. And to see the contrast, right, between them, you know, to see how every system has certain limitations 
every system has certain opportunities that another system may not. So I feel like I've had this, this kind of fluid experience of being able to be part of the Eastern and the Western traditions and seeing how they come together or being a bridge for them. And that's one of the current positions I have is I'm a co-director of acupuncture at the University of Miami, and we've created an amazing program to specifically train MDs in acupuncture so they can start to utilize that in their practice. And so I really love that connection of seeing how our we can be a bridge between these medical systems, and I feel that's really the wave of the future. Mm. So there's still something tickling me here about... Uh, what I see flowing through you from your heritage. Um, I'm not quite getting the words for it, but it's so powerful. And your your connection to healing energy. Uh, did you know about this as a child too? I would say my exposure was limited when I was really young. Um, but probably when I became a teenager is when I started to have more exposure. I met my guru at age 17, who I started to learn meditation with, and that really opened up my path, I would say, or kind of set me on my path. I started to study yoga at that age and really embrace it as a lifestyle. So I was kind of um, moving in that direction but it wasn't until I met Dr. Ladd that I felt like I got to really go into depth into these studies and embrace it as like a career path. Got it. Um, and even as a child, you didn't have like an inner mystical nature? I did, yes. I felt <laughs> like I was always, but I would, and it's hard to put a label on it. Um, I felt that, I felt the mystical lineage of being in a state of, feeling so connected to nature and always receiving wisdom and guidance when I was in nature um, and having epiphanies and just kind of feeling like spiritual teachings would come to me before I had actually met teachers, but it would feel like inner knowing would just kind of present itself to me. So I think I was always on that mystical path, but I didn't ever know how to define it until I started formally studying meditation and then felt like I could really connect with the wisdom that was flowing into me. So once you connected with that wisdom, how did your life change? Oh, that's a beautiful question. I think um, in so many luminous ways that are so hard to describe, but I think there's a sense of purpose and really aligning with your purpose that changes the whole trajectory of, of your life. Um, so in Chinese medicine, there's a phrase about how there's three forms of medicine, that the lowest level of medicine is treating the physical body and the symptoms and ailments of the body. The second level is treating the mind and all of the symptoms and illnesses we associate with the mind. And then the highest level of medicine is treating at the level of the spirit. And what that means is really bringing someone into alignment with their true spirit um, and their true life purpose. So in the Vedic teachings, we call this your dharma is your life purpose. And so I came to really understand how once you are aligned with your life purpose, 
then it sets your, your whole life on this beautiful trajectory where everything is an affirmation of that life purpose. So for me, kind of learning meditation at age 17 aligned me with my life purpose because I knew I wanted to teach people how to work with their minds, how to find happiness, how to find peace. And then once I had that acupuncture treatment, I knew that that was my destiny to show people the beauty with, within them. Beautiful. So how do you integrate your acupuncture practice with the other modalities that you're, uh, you're master of? So what I think is beautiful about acupuncture, for someone who's never experienced it, it really is this kind of gateway to go within. Um, for anyone who tells me they, they don't know how to meditate, I always tell them, have you experienced acupuncture? Because acupuncture kind of induces you into a state of meditation and deep relaxation right away. And so what I found in my practice for 20 years now is that acupuncture is kind of this portal to, to get people in deeper. And when I integrate other modalities, I find I can take them even deeper into that healing journey. Mm. So I use a combination of um, aromatherapy, I use essential oils, uh, Ayurvedic essential oils to balance each of the three doshas, the three body types. Uh, I do acupressure, which in the Ayurvedic system we call marma therapy. I do tuning forks, uh, which is a whole system of sound healing where that vibration can start to enter the body. Um, pranic healing, as I mentioned before. And then I bring in the um, guided meditation and breath work. So clients are really empowered to start to work with their breath, use the visuals I give them in the guided meditation to go even deeper. And then I also bring in affirmations, uh, which could be mantras, or it could be specific affirmations um, to facilitate the, the healing process. And so the combination of all of that has just been a really beautiful, powerful blend. And that's one of my missions is to try to train kind of the next generation of acupuncturists how to bring these modalities together and really deepen the experience besides just the typical ac acupuncture experience. You know, that's really important because there's so many people that I've spoken to actually help them get through acupuncture school because mm -hmm. they go there with this driving spiritual force within them and then they get to the school and they have a similar dis uh, experience to what you've described that mm -hmm. that that light the spirit of the work isn't there and right. everyone I know that has gone to acupuncture school has done something in addition to help mm -hmm. them keep that spiritual lineage that spiritual light alive while they're learning that uh, so mm -hmm. that's really fantastic what you're doing now as you were speaking Anisha the I don't know if you noticed it, but, or our listeners noticed it, but the frequency of our conversation has shifted. Did you notice how you were getting into the stream of your healing energy when you were speaking? I did feel a shift. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. And so let's let's talk about um, your school that you founded and your work with the Marma points, and uh, let's bring that to the forefront now? Sure. So 
Um, Marma is the Ayurvedic name for the energy points. And we have a system of about 117 points in the Ayurvedic system versus in TCM or traditional Chinese medicine, we have about 360 main points as well as we say additional or extra points. Um, when we look at the Ayurvedic Marma system, about two thirds of those points correlate exactly to acupuncture points, although they might have different functions in, in both systems. So this was kind of a project of mine back when I was in, in school in New Mexico, because I was doing a three-year master's degree in acupuncture simultaneously with a four-year Ayurvedic studies. And what was common to both systems was the energy points. And so I actually co-wrote a book called Marma Points of Ayurveda with my guru, Dr. Vasant Lad, uh, that came out, I believe, in 2008. And so this has kind of been the theme of my career as I've um, integrated these two modalities is focusing on the marma points and uh, not only developing my protocols for that with my clients and the clinical work, but I've also been working a lot on how do I, how do I teach this to the next generation of healers and I feel this is kind of my legacy of wisdom that I really want to share with the world. Um, I'll backtrack a little bit to explain the Marma points for anyone who's kind of new to this concept, but essentially every Marma point is kind of a gateway to our consciousness. And it's as if we could map our consciousness onto our physical body with the location of all of these points. So each point gives us this ability to access our deepest emotions, really stimulate profound healing. And I've seen people just have transformative experiences as I'm doing this work on the Marma points and it's opening their heart. It's allowing them to release deep-seated grief or other emotions. And it just takes people into such a deep, powerful state of, of relaxation. What does it look like to um, work with a marma point? What does that look like? So the simplest way to explain this is we can call it Ayurvedic acupressure, right? Of just kind of gently stimulating the body along these points through touch. But we can also stimulate the marma points through um, focus and concentration and meditation. We can do it through breath work. Uh, we can do it with the tuning forks, for example, allowing that vibration to flow in. We can do it with um, chromotherapy using a specific healing light frequency on a point. Uh, we can use herbal paste through topical application. So there's lots of different ways we can start to stimulate these energy points, but the most common way would be through touch and through acupressure. And so when you speak of these points as portals or gateways into the consciousness, um, when you're working with someone, do you see, feel, experience that in a certain way? What is your experience when you're working with someone? It's a beautiful question. Um, it's such a rich experience and it's never exactly the same experience twice, but um, for me, I'm a very visual person, so I see colors or I can see energy shifting as I'm 
making contact with a point, for example, I might be guiding the client to deepen their breath. And I can start to see as they deepen their breath, I can see that point become more receptive. I can see um, kind of the ripple effect. Like if you throw a stone in the water, right? And you see that ripple effect of the stone. Uh, it's kind of the same thing with the energy flow in a person. And I've kind of created my own label for this that I use when I'm teaching students, where I call it a pranic shift. And essentially that pranic shift is like that ripple effect where you can make contact with one point, but as the breath deepens, as the consciousness deepens, that portal starts to open more and more. So we can start to access deeper emotions. We can access deep-seated trauma. We can see it kind of coming to the surface and it's all done in a very gentle, beautiful way. Um, but I feel it and the client feels it also. And so is there, once something comes up, let's just say they're releasing something like a trauma or some kind of wound or feeling, um, is there also like a conversation involved or is this all done silently? Uh, the conversation I have prior to the treatment where I'm trying to, you know, do kind of my diagnostic interview and assess what's happening um, or how they've changed or progressed from treatment to treatment. But I'll pay attention to the language people use. And it's often that language that I will reshape into the affirmation that I start to give them as we're going into the pranic healing, into the marma work, um, so that that language also helps to shift the vibration. So for example, one of my favorite affirmations that I, I use, and I've done this with many different types of clients from someone with PTSD to cancer, is to just make the declaration, I am healed. And that declaration of already looking to yourself in the future and seeing that your body's in this state of receptivity and healing can be transformative for someone who's in pain right now or who's just received a cancer diagnosis right now. Um, so it's really beautiful to see that connection between the breath, the thoughts, the affirmation work, the imagery, and to see how someone can really be part of, it empowers the client to be part of this healing journey. Mm -hmm. So this seems like a wonderful time to move into the guided meditation uh, okay. that you wanted to take us through involving the marma point point or points okay. and so uh, if you're listening it would be great to get into a, a position where you can receive the beauty of this meditation and uh, We'll let Anisha guide us, and then we'll come back at the end of the meditation for a little bit more conversation. Okay, Anisha? Beautiful. So as we stimulate these marma points, we can do self-marma stimulation, where we use our fingertips to touch that point, make direct contact. We can use our breath at that point. We can use visualization at that point. So we're gonna do a little combination of all of that. 
And so what I'd like you to do is to just first sit up comfortably wherever you are, sit up nice and tall, let the spine be straight. And just closing the eyes, take a few deep breaths to become centered first. Now see if you can breathe directly into your heart space, into the center of the chest. And just taking a few deep breaths, feel like your chest is opening as you breathe into this space. You can imagine with every exhale, you're letting go of any tension or tightness in the chest. You can imagine with each inhale, you're breathing in a feeling of lightness. So we're just going to work with one marma point today, which is called Hridayam Marma. Hridayam means heart. And this point is located right at the center of the chest. So as we've been breathing into the chest, this point is already automatically, energetically starting to open. And I'm going to have you take your thumb and just press your thumb right into the center of the chest. So we're going to just start with that physical contact here. And as you press the thumb lightly into the center of the chest, continue to breathe deeply. And you can feel with each exhale that you're able to take your thumb and gently kind of push inwards and upwards on that point. So we're allowing some physical stimulation here, but that's going to start to open up some more energetic stimulation. So just keep pressing on this Hridaya Marma, the heart Marma, allowing your breath to keep softening. And as you make contact here, just see if anything is starting to shift physically, mentally, emotionally. See if you're aware that this point is very sensitive, which it can be on a lot of people. And maybe just with that light touch there, with that sensitivity there, you feel something starting to, to shift. So anytime there's a lot of emotional turbulence, heaviness in the chest, heavy emotions, you can bring the thumb right to Hridaya Marma, work with your breath for a few minutes, and then start to feel that opening up. Let's do that for a couple more breaths. Now letting go of the thumb, you can place your hand back in the lap. We're going to keep the focus here on Hridaya Marma and now just start to work with a little visualization. So we've used the physical touch, we've used some breath work directed to the space, and now keeping the eyes closed, keeping the focus here at the center of the chest at Hridaya Marma, you're going to visualize just a beautiful purple light flowing and streaming into this point. And as that light flows in there, feel the energy point starting to expand. Feel your heart chakra, your heart center, opening up even deeper. And see how the heart is this 
storehouse of emotion. And as we work with this marma point, we're giving our body and our mind permission to not have to store all that emotion in this place, but to allow those emotions to flow freely and to be released. And so this is one of the most powerful points in the body to emotionally reset and to clear emotional trauma, mental trauma, clear deep-seated emotions. This is a point that connects us not only energetic, uh, I'm sorry, physically to the heart organ, but energetically to the emotions and also connects us with our spirit, with our soul. So continue to visualize this purple light expanding, filling the heart space. And as you go deeper, start to feel like you're actually listening to the wisdom of your heart. That if you become truly quiet enough, you can see that your heart is always speaking to you. That this wisdom is always readily available. You can just tune into this space at any time. So for the last minute or so, allow yourself to go as deep into this point as you can. Let the breath be soft and smooth and continue to visualize this purple light right at the heart center expanding. And then you can start to repeat an affirmation mentally if you like, where you just say, I heal my heart. I heal my heart. Saying I heal on the inhale, my heart on the exhale. So let's do that for the next minute or so in silence. Beautiful, now just letting go of that affirmation. And now just bringing your one hand over the other at your heart center, pressing there at the center of the chest and just acknowledging the beauty of your heart, connecting to that wisdom there. Now whenever you're ready, slowly opening the eyes and then returning your palms to your lap. What a beautiful healing space, excuse me. I'm having to come out of the depths of my being to speak uh, and find my voice here again. So Sarah, what part of that practice did you connect with more the visualization of the purple light or the breath work or the physical touch or the affirmation? I was with you the entire time. So I noticed when I was using my thumb on the center point on my chest, 
that there was um, just a, a little physical tenderness there. And then mm -hmm. you said to, um, you know, move it upward a little. And, and as I did that, this just this, it felt like such a loving gesture for myself Mm -hmm. that it, it just started this whole flow of love within my being. Beautiful. And I, I followed with you the entire time through the experience and um, could feel a presence with me of a higher frequency that I allowed myself to give over to and mm -hmm. was able to bring to mind some specific instances that I was very happy to release and clear. Yeah. And uh, the that happened when the purple light of visualization came mm -hmm. in. And then I think I sunk so deeply into it that I was just surrounded by this loving energy and I just allowed it to heal me as it intelligently knew how to do. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's so powerful. You know, and I think that's really the beauty of meditation. It's the beauty of Marma therapy is understanding that each one of us is a healer and each one of us has so much power to go within and to radically shift things in our mental state, in our emotional state. Um, and that's, that's really kind of the legacy of wisdom I want to share with the world is for each one of us to kind of tap into our inner healer and learn how to access it. You know, that each one of us has power in our fingertips. Each one of us can meditate on these doorways of consciousness and know that we can create a, a pranic shift, a radical shift in our being. I think that is the message that, this new energy that's entering our world now is bringing through to everyone that each one of us has that power within us where we used to place it outside, whether it was to a medical doctor, an acupuncturist, or whoever. Mm -hmm. We always placed it outside. And so the work you're doing is really helping people find that power within uh, it's so aligned with where we're being taken now uh, with our consciousness. Absolutely. I feel like the whole planet is coming to life and everyone is healing and opening to deeper levels. You know, it's like a portal um, of deeper consciousness. Like we're starting to access it the same way we can with the Marma Point. We're starting to access that on a global level. One big, beautiful purple marma point surrounding the whole yeah. planet. <laughs> That's absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Anisha. I know you have a free meditation to offer to the listeners, which will be um, linked in the show notes, but maybe you could introduce that as well. Sure. I have an um, app that I created last year called Meditation Bliss. It features a couple of my uh, different meditation CDs, including two of them are on the Marma points where I walk you through, you know, a 10 or 15 minute journey into each point and really explore it in more detail um, and have some free meditations on there. So I'll provide a link where anyone can download the app for free and listen to some of those meditations on there. 
And then I do also have a free one hour Marma masterclass, which I'll give a link for. So anyone who does want to learn about the points in more detail or learn more about my school and my trainings, you can do that free one hour webinar and just get a much more detailed exposure to learning about this system. That is a valuable gem. <laughs> I know I'm going to listen to it and enjoy that very much. So thank you very much for those generous offerings. So in, in closing here, Anisha, is there, I know we've, we've said a lot, but is there any last um, bit of wisdom you'd like to share with the listeners? Sure. I think, you know, one of the biggest lessons I've learned as a healer is that really every symptom, every emotion, every diagnosis is really an opportunity for us to heal and an opportunity to see each of these emotions as teachers. What does it have to show me about who I am at this moment in time? You know, even getting a cancer diagnosis we can look at that from the outside and say, oh, that's so terrible to receive this diagnosis. But I've worked with so many cancer clients who told me that this cancer survivors who have said that this was the most life-changing, beautiful spiritual lesson they could have ever received. And so I think that if all of us looked at every physical ailment and every mental ailment as really just a teacher to help our consciousness evolve and an opportunity for deeper healing. Um, I think that's really the true wisdom of why we're in this physical body and why we have to work in the confines of our mind and our spirit, that there's an integration between all of these that's always working for our spiritual evolution and to allow that wisdom to come through each of us. Well, that's all that needs to be said. Thank you. That was just fantastic. And the gems that you've shared with us and the energy you've shared with us is a blessing to everyone. So blessings to all our listeners. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you to all your listeners. Thanks for listening to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.